It's the Big Baseball Podcast with Kyle and Drew Charters. A full Big Ten slate this weekend with six series as we jump in all the way to the conference race. Only Michigan State is out of conference this weekend. Hi, I'm Kyle Charters. Drew Charters here as well, back from talking to the mouse for the last, uh, what, week, week and a half, however long you've been down there in Florida. You you settled back in here to the, the beautiful weather we've been having here uh, in, in West Lafayette over the last uh, couple of days? Yeah, it's like, you know, you expect to go on spring break and come back and the weather just be as beautiful, right? Isn't that isn't that <laughs> what spring break is? It's like that transition week between yep. winter and spring in Indiana. And it's, you know, I play golf before I leave on spring break. Weather is, is 50s and 60s. I leave and it's great. And I come back to snow, snow on the ground. Yeah, what happened with that? The temperature is supposed to be in the mid-50s, and we, we've been struggling to get there. And, of course, Purdue and Ohio State, we sat around Alexander Field over the weekend waiting for the real feel, <laughs> real feel, to get to 28 never happened. Uh, so um, we'll talk uh, a little bit of Purdue. We'll talk uh, Illinois, including with the Illini coach, Dan Hartlib, after his team Got a series victory against Michigan State over the weekend. Rutgers continuing to play well. Michigan and Nebraska playing a big series to open up Big Ten play. So let's, Drew, uh, jump into all of that. Talk a little bit of week one winners in the Big Ten. Uh, The biggest, and I I think something to pay attention to here a little bit, is the Illini. Because Illinois has been playing better here as of late. They got off to a really bad start. And we'll talk to uh, Dan Hartlib about that. Uh, coming up in the interview, only won three of the first 10 games mm-hmm. of the season. Since then, they've won seven of 11. So basically, you know, almost reversed uh, the record to get back to within a game of 500. It was an interesting weekend because they won two games in East Lansing on Friday. And the coaches, Hartlib and D- Jake Boss Jr., had decided they were going to travel back and play in Champaign on Sunday. And so then the Illini as the visiting team on their home field lost to the third game of the series, but they still take two of three. And, you know, you look at Illinois, they've got a veteran lineup, uh, some guys who have been around for quite a while. Uh, Brandon Comia, maybe being the, the ringleader of all of that, the captain of that team. And you think, Maybe there's a little bit more here about the Illini than, than what we gave them credit for after those first few weeks of the season. Yeah, this is sort of becoming a common theme on the Big Baseball Podcast, right? All these these teams just sort of creep up on us. Last week yeah. it was Michigan State, and you're like, whoa, wait, Michigan State might be good. Yeah. <laughs> this week it's Illinois. Wait, Illinois might be good. Yeah. Uh, you know, Illinois is on a little run here. They, they've they recorded double-digit hits in four of the last five games. They can really hit the ball with uh, Comia. Uh, Kay McDonald has a 19-game hitting streak, helping him to an average of 358. Uh, you know, Illinois always been a really good defensive team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they still are this year. I think the key is, you know, they've got uh, uh, Kershipper, who Cole Kershipper, who has moved. He was primarily in the in the bullpen his career for Illinois, and now has moved into that starting role on a Friday, and, and is very good. Is he's got a two point nine seven ERA, and he's four and one on the season. Uh, they've got Riley Gowans backing him up on Saturday, but they're, they're still searching for that third starter, I think. Yeah. If they can find consistency 
in that weekend rotation with that third starter, along with those veterans on offense and how they've been hitting the ball, I think Illinois is a team to watch. Yeah, and you look at what Kershipper and Goins did those first two games, and they were both really good. I mean, six innings for each of them gave up, I think, a, a, a couple of hits and a run. Um, and then you get to that third spot, and that's yeah. where Illinois has had a little bit of trouble. Uh, Rutgers takes two from Penn State over the weekend. It lost game two on Friday. They actually played two on Friday as well. Saturday was just a mess. I don't think anybody yeah. in the Big Ten has played on a Saturday in a month. <laughs> like, we haven't had a Saturday in the Midwest above 30 degrees since a random Saturday in early March, I think. Right. It's been horrible. I, I played golf that day, I remember. Yeah. The one and only <laughs> the day. one Saturday that was fine. <laughs> Uh, Rutgers takes two from Penn State. They lost the second game on Friday. Uh, but they, they made up for that on, on uh, Sunday. Was that game on Sunday? On Saturday. Whatever game. Maybe they, maybe they did play that game on Saturday. Yeah, they're not in the Midwest. You don't count. Uh, 20 runs then in game three. I, I'm continue, I continue to be impressed by Rutgers' ability to win games in different fashion. And... I mean, you just look at Rutgers statistically. Number one in the Big Ten in hitting, 326. Number two in the Big Ten to Purdue in ERA at a 349. And number one in the Big Ten in fielding at at 978 percentage. So they do everything really well, and it does mean that they can win games in different ways. And it's a reason why uh, the Scarlet Knights are 16-6, and despite having played uh, only one game at home. I think they have a midweek game today tuesday perhaps at home it'll be the second game at home uh this season but they play just one game at home yet have found a way to uh to be really good for me maybe uh the dark horse to win the big 10 yeah that team era of 3.48 a lot of that has to do with with good starting pitching but the other other part of that is they've got really good bullpen work so far this season you know looking at the top three guys out of their bullpen Dale Stanovich has five saves on the season. Ben Gorski and Sam Bellow. Those three have combined for 24 appearances out of the pin. They have an ERA under two, uh, each one of them. So, uh, you know, those guys on the front end, you're not losing much by going to that pin for Rutgers so far. And I think that's what's helped them win a lot of these games. One thing to keep an eye on, I think, with Rutgers is we keep talking about Purdue and their week schedule and what it means as far mm-hmm. as a good record. Rucker's strength of schedule, according to Warren Nolan, is 215. Just you know, comparatively to Purdue, Purdue's 252. So yeah. both down there pretty far. Uh, so I'd like to start seeing Rutgers uh, uh, play some play some better competition here pretty soon. But I think it's going to translate. Those, uh, I think they got a solid solid team all around, like you just mentioned, offensively, defensively, and on the pitching mound. Michigan takes two of three from Nebraska. Over the weekend in a, in a series that you felt like was going to be sort of a week one gigantic series. And maybe it still will turn out to be that case. We'll talk a, a little bit about the Cornhuskers and and where Will Bolt's crew stands coming up in the weekend rotation. Uh, but as for Michigan, the Wolverines take a two of three. Um, you know, the middle of the order for Michigan last week, Drew, uh, Matt Fry, Jimmy Overtop, uh, Tito Flores and Ted Burton yeah. and the four games that they played last week, uh, that group that's like the two through six batters or whatever, uh, had eight home runs. I mean, they, they can yeah. hit the ball around the yard a little bit and 
Um, I mean, if you have that kind of production, really one through nine for Michigan, but the middle order guys, I mean, they, they can hit the ball with some power. It really puts the pressure on the opponent the opposing pitching staff, and and it certainly did for Nebraska this weekend. You saw those four guys hit four straight home runs in game one, right? Yeah, yeah. Four straight, a Big Ten record. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. They lost that game. Michigan kind of beat themselves in that game, unfortunately. They walked 11 batters. They hit four more. Defense had two errors. Sounds like they had two dropped foul balls that, that led some led to some some runs for Nebraska. So kind of beat themselves in, in the one game, even though they had those four straight home runs. Uh, Matt Frey, you mentioned him. He, you know, he's included in that four. He had a big weekend, three home runs himself. Yeah. All right, let's talk a, a little bit about uh, the Boilermakers. Uh, Purdue, unfortunately, Purdue and Ohio State played only one game. I really, I woke up Sunday morning, and I thought that for sure they were going to play at least one game on Sunday. But we we sat around for a few hours at Alexander Field, and you know, there's a rule in the Big Ten: the real feel has to be. Uh, 28 degrees, and we got to 25 at about 2 o'clock, and everybody was thinking, okay, give it another half hour, we'll get to 28. Uh, As soon as it gets to 28, everybody can warm up, we'll be playing by 315, and we'll get at least one game in. Well, at 2.30, the real field dropped to 22. I want to know if real field takes into consideration the clothing you're wearing. Like, (laughs) real feel if you're wearing a swimsuit, or real feel if you're wearing a, a baseball uniform. Yeah. Like, doesn't that matter? That's a good point. Um, yeah, I, I suppose it does. Um, <laughs> they were not wearing swimsuits on Sunday. That would have been strange. Uh, but we just couldn't play and it. That sort of stunk. Um, you know, because I, I it was an, an interesting series, especially with Purdue, uh, winning game one and, you know, with Purdue again, we, I, I just feel like every week we sort of are waiting for something bad to happen. Right. And, yeah. and that something bad to happen has not happened. And so, at some point, you have to turn that into, well, Purdue is a team that finds ways to win. And again, it found a way to win against Ohio State on Friday. It trailed 4 to nothing. It looked like Ohio State was going to cruise to a Game 1 victory. And then, very suddenly, Purdue hit two home runs, Curtis Washington Jr. and Cam Thompson. The game was tied at 4 again. All of a sudden, you have a new baseball game, and, and Purdue ends up going on to a victory in the first game of that series, it would have been interesting. My personal opinion is that if Purdue would have played the entire series against Ohio State, or at least one more game and won, I know Purdue is ranked in some polls. I think that it should have gotten ranked in more yeah. of the uh, college baseball polls. If, you know, 25th, I'm not talking about putting them in a 15 or something, but I just think that, you know, you continue to win baseball games. The RPI continues to climb. Uh, for Purdue, and you know you've you've got a team that seems to be able to figure out ways to win baseball games and do it in different ways. I mean, I, I think everybody's sitting around saying the same thing. They're they're saying, okay, Purdue's schedule hasn't been what some other teams have, but everybody says, but it's hard to go eighteen and one, no matter who you're playing. Yeah. So I think it's. I, I mean, at some point, they and they they have got some recognition from those those couple polls. Mm-hmm. But at some point, I think you just need to rank them and see what happens. I mean, yeah. if they, and there's no harm in ranking somebody and them dropping back out. We keep, you know, we keep going through this cycle with Purdue of 
hey, we don't know much about them because of the schedule, but they play Illinois State this weekend. But then some of the Illinois State games get canceled. Okay, well, now they play Ohio State, so we'll find out more. And then the whole, you know, most of the Ohio State series <laughs> yeah. gets canceled. And now we're saying, okay, we're going to Illinois now. You know, they go to Illinois to play a, a tough fighting Illini team who we've talked about is, is on the rise. And yeah. well, what's going to happen? Right. You just got to hope for games at this point. Yeah. Uh, Cam Thompson has been very good for Purdue. I just wanted to mention his numbers. 359 average, six homers, 30 runs driven in. He has really good at bats, slugging at 750, and he seems to come up with big hits at big moments. For me, Big Ten Player of the Year. Whew. Big statement, I know. A lot of good, a lot of good offensive players so far. Yeah. And uh I think uh, the team up in New Jersey would have something to say about well, that. Well, they've got a, the guy playing up there is pretty good. Nick uh, Similo. Yeah. Hitting 440-ish around mm-hmm. there. Yeah, he's That's been good, bad. too. He's been good, too. But Cam Thompson's had a good year, and it's it's holding up. I mean, 30 runs driven in is pretty impressive. All right, Illinois coach Dan Hartlib coming up here in just a moment. Looking forward to that conversation with him. Talk a little bit of Illini baseball. Before we get to that, though, let's give out our awards, Big Bat and Big Arm. We're going to do this, Drew. This is like a speed drill. We're going to do this in two minutes. Uh, we've got to get through this segment. It just drags on and on. We want to give guys credit, but we can't just sit here and read stats. So uh, we're, we're going to do this a little bit differently. We're going to uh, give just three nominees by each of us here, and then we will choose... The winner. So let's start with Big Bat. I'm going to get my three nominees. Matt Fry was 7 of 18. Three runs, six runs driven in. Three homers for Michigan uh, last week. Tony Santa Maria was awesome for Rutgers, and he has maybe the best name in the Big Ten. I just like saying Santa Maria. Uh, 11 of 18, seven runs driven in. He had three doubles. He scored three runs. Uh, for Nebraska, Garrett Anglum. Uh, was five for ten, seven runs driven in, a couple of runs scored, and two doubles. Drew, your nominees, please. I have a feeling that that little game there with the, the series with Northwestern uh, included yeah. a little bit of offense. And I'm going to break your rules a little bit here already. I'm going to oh, go a little it's bit more. Week than, one I've, of only got, rules. I've only got two big arms, so I can go extra oh, on Big please. Bat and then down on Big we're, Come on. We're trying to pare this down. We'll hit Northwestern here right. in a second. We'll start in Iowa. Sam Peterson had a good weekend. Six RBI, the home run, including the go-ahead two RBI single in game three in the eighth inning to give the Hawkeyes the victory there. Uh, Matt Shaw from Maryland had a good game two on the weekend, three for four in that game, three runs, four RBIs, a couple of home runs, and a double for Shaw. Northwestern, I'm, I'm keying in on three guys here, and it happens to be the top three guys in the order. Um, the top three in the lineup were a combined 26 for 56, <laughs> 18 runs scored, 30 RBIs. Oh, come on. 11 home runs, six no. doubles, and, and two grand slams included in those home runs. These are that's funny incredible. Numbers. So that's Anthony Calarco, uh, seven for 19, three home runs, 10 RBIs, added a double. He had a grand slam. Jay Bashirs, 11 for 19 on the weekend, six runs scored, seven RBIs, four home runs for Bashirs. Uh, we're going to go uh, big bat this week. It was a pretty easy choice, in my opinion. Ethan O'Donnell. For Northwestern, a leadoff batter with eight for 18, uh, eight runs scored, 13 RBIs, yeah. four home runs, four doubles, and a grand slam even, included in there as well. Do you have enough of bats to even do that? It's four games. Four games, <laughs> yeah. not three. So he's got yeah. an extra game in Still. there, but 
still easy choice for the big bat. All right, uh, deserving. Let's go to big arm. I'm going to actually follow the rules here. We got to pick out the two Illini guys that we mentioned earlier. Ker Shipper uh, went six innings. He allowed just a run, striking out five, allowing three hits. Goins went six innings, couple of hits, just two hits. He allowed one earned run. He walked a couple and he struck out two. Uh, but I, I, you know, we don't often go with relievers, uh, and maybe we should more often. Um, okay, look, before I get mine, let's, let's, <laughs> I was just going to exclude you so we could hustle through this. Uh, yeah. before, I got, I, before I get my reliever, who is going to be, uh, spoiler alert, our winner, yeah. go ahead. Uh, a couple from Minnesota here is all I have. J.P. Massey, six and two-thirds, five hits, two runs. Uh, neither of them earned six strikeouts in the victory uh, for Minnesota. Aiden Maldonado had, had a good game as well. Uh Game three victory, six to one, went five innings, just a couple of hits, no runs, nine strikeouts uh, for Aiden. And those are my two. All right, can I go now? You can. <laughs> uh, we don't have to go with the reliever, especially a long reliever. We're going to do that this week. Landon Wines is our uh, big arm for this week, the Purdue reliever who has just been outstanding. I mean, his, his ERA is under one. I mean, he's been great for Purdue and went five and a third innings. Uh, in relief on Friday to pick up the victory as Purdue rallied in that game against Ohio State. He faced the minimum, although he gave up two hits. He got a pickoff and then a double play, no runs. He struck out a couple, no walks. That third of an inning, he came in, and uh, Ohio State tried the the uh, walk-off play, and Purdue got out of it. So he didn't even, like, he. I think he threw one pitch, uh, but got the out, and then he got a double play and a really good pickoff move at first base as well. So Landon Wines is the big arm for this week. Congratulations uh, to those guys. I know, I personally know, they're hugely honored uh, by picking up those awards. Okay, uh, let's move on. Let's talk a little bit to Illinois coach Dan Hartlib. That's next on the Big Baseball Podcast, a production of 1017 The Hammer. Welcome back to the Big Baseball Podcast. Let's bring in veteran coach Dan Hartlett with the Illinois Fighting Illini, a guy that we always appreciate being able to catch up with here on the podcast due to his uh, deep knowledge of baseball and certainly of the Fighting Illini. Hey, coach, we appreciate uh, you coming on. You know, your team has played a little bit better here recently, it seems like. You know, within a game of 500, you've won three of your last four, including uh, an interesting series this last weekend against Michigan State, taking the two games up in East Lansing before you guys decided to, to travel back home and enjoy that nice, warm weather there that we had in Champaign, I'm sure, on, on Sunday to get the third game of that series in. But, uh, you know, you're playing a little bit better here recently, it seems like. How are you, uh, how are you feeling about your team these days? Well, the, the first 10 games we did have some struggles, and, uh, you know, it's part of, of growing at times, uh, you know, we had a number of different lineups and, and we shuffled some things from a pitching standpoint. And then as you look at our last 10 or 11 games, we've played uh, much better. Uh, you know, had a little bit more consistency and, yeah. uh, we started swinging the bats better and been better out of the bullpen. Uh, so, you know, I, I've been pleased with our progress and I talk to our guys all the time about you have to get better each and every day. And, and I think they've taken that to heart and they've worked at it and, and uh, the production has been much better. Tell me a little bit about how this all came together for you guys over this last weekend, because you you made you know when it, when it when it comes to weather, it's hard sometimes to make the right decisions. 
Uh, but you guys appeared to make the right decisions, you and, and Jake Boss Jr., and uh, deciding to play two on Friday and then making the decision to go back and, and play uh, on your home field. Though I'd have to imagine you were still the visiting team, right, on your home field? We were. We were the visiting Yeah. Uh, just how did all that come together? And I, I guess it's sort of an indication of what we deal with a little bit up here, that you just try to play wherever you possibly can, whenever you possibly can. Yeah, so there are a number of things that, that went into the change this weekend. Uh, first of all, you, you take it all the way back to last Wednesday, and you know Jake uh, called me and, and told me about the forecast, which I had looked at, and what our thoughts uh, were is we were going to have to play double header, header either Friday or Saturday um, based on the Sunday forecast, which looked like there was no way we'd be able to play up there. Yeah. So we got back together on Thursday and decided that 47-degree weather uh, on Friday was, you know, the, the day that we needed to, to try to get two games in. And, and so we scheduled the, the doubleheader at, at 1 o'clock. And our hope was that we could get up, go to the field on Saturday, um, get to game time, have the right uh, feels-like temperature and be able to play. And, and then, you know, we would head on home and, and have our three-game series in. Well, we uh, we get the two in on Friday. We woke up in the morning, and there was uh, snow on the ground. <laughs> and the, the the forecast was terrible, both for Saturday and then into Sunday. Well, Friday, when I got to the ballpark, uh, Jake had asked me if if there was any way we could move the last game to our place if, if things didn't work out on Saturday. And uh, he checked with his administration. I checked with our administration. We checked with our game management people. And, uh, you know, I've got to give a number of people credit. First of all, Jake, for, you know, being able to, to, to see past, you know, a home or away advantage type situation. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the, the thing that we talked about was the fact that at any time we try to get every game in we can within reason where we're not going to get people hurt. And we also looked at the fact that over the past year and a half, our players in the Big Ten have lost so many games due mm-hmm. to COVID, both with cancellation two years ago and then not having midweek last week. And, you know, we, we just want to do everything we can to, to get the uh, the greatest number of games in that we can. And we also feel like you, you owe it to the league to do anything you can uh, within the, the parameters and the framework and the rules uh, to get your games in. Uh, we, we just feel like that's the right thing to do. So, uh First of all, you know his attitude about it. Uh, I thought was awesome. Uh, their administration was 100 uh, percent on board with it. As I talked to our administration, our game management people, they were 100 percent on board with it. We had the right people on campus in yeah. place for the weekend, and, and we we made the switch. So we got up on Saturday morning. There was snow on the ground. We knew we were going to be able to play. Uh, we ate breakfast and headed back and, and practiced. Uh, Jake, you know, already had a bus lined up, mm-hmm. hotels lined up. Um, I gave him some numbers of uh, a couple people that have restaurants here in Champaign, and he was <laughs> yeah. able to get all his food taken care of for the, you know, for the day and a half basically. And w- we made the change and came in and and uh, about uh, I don't know 20 30 minutes before game time, we hit the correct uh, feels like temperature, and as the game went on, that actually got better. Uh, but we we were able to to uh, get on the field and get our third game, and so. Uh, that's a first for me in my 32 yeah. years here at Illinois. I've never done that before, uh, but it's uh, something that, that uh, you know, I was extremely 
you know, happy that, that we were able to get all, all of our players uh, that game. And, and uh, again, you know, just a lot of credit goes to Jake and, and uh, you know, his thought process and then all of our administrations for being willing to help us. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's nice when you can get the games in, that's for sure. And, and we do have to use some creativity uh, at times up here. And I have called games from Michigan State pre-real feel and pre-press box. So uh, I know that it can get a little bit uh, chilly uh, up there in, in East Lansing. And while it was still chilly in Champaign, probably a lot better. Uh, Drew and I are, have theorized a little bit. And, and tell me if you think this is just completely crazy or if we're on the right track here at all. We've theorized a, a little bit that northern teams are trying to play a little bit more northern baseball and just sort of saying, you know, we're just going to try to make this work as best we possibly can. And maybe we're saying that because it feels like Purdue is trying to do that. But we've seen a little bit more evidence of that, uh, just sort of the northern teams refusing to sort of participate in, in um, I don't know how to, I don't know how to say it, the, the charade. I don't know <laughs> that it's having to, to play all these games south. Do you feel like there's anything to that, just trying to play games and get them scheduled and, and see what we can do up here with the weather? Well, I think we need to be smart. Uh, first of all, you, you want to schedule when you truly think you can play. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the other factor is that, that uh, you start to see a lot more um, buy-in from administrations where they're doing things uh, with, with your, your ballparks and, and uh, you know, you, you're trying to get as many home dates as possible within reason. Mm-hmm. And, you know, quite honestly, I mean, we, we want to be at home. It's cheaper to be at home. Yeah. You know, the, the, the travel can be expensive, especially – uh, with what's happened with fuel prices and, and food costs and hotels, all those things. And so you know, the more regional we can stay, I think the better off we are from a, a you know, financial standpoint. Uh, colleges across the country are still trying to dig out from, do- from COVID. And, yeah. and uh, you know, those deficits that you see in athletic departments, I think that's a, a little bit of a factor. But, you know, if you look at college baseball, I think there was a, a statistic a few years back, and when I say a few years, I don't know if it's 10 or 15 years ago, but at that time, I think the home team was winning 70% of the time across mm-hmm. the board. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, to try to get those home dates, I, I think it's important. Yet, um, I think we need to be smart from the standpoint that you can really build an RPI if you can go on the road to some hostile places against some good teams and win games. Uh, so, we need to we need to be cognizant of that as well as we try to build both our individual RPI and the conference RPI. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with all that. It's uh, it's an interesting balance um, that it just feels like teams and maybe for a lot of reasons you pointed out, uh, you know, COVID being one of them, are are trying to you know play games earlier home and just trying to figure out the best they can uh, with the weather. I think it's been interesting to see. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your team this year. I mean, you get off to a good start in the Big Ten, win two of three against what appears to be an improved Michigan State team. What do you feel like you guys have to continue to do that you've done here in the last, you know, ten games or so, like you said earlier, to be competitive in the Big Ten? Well, I think the biggest thing, and, and this isn't any secret for any team on any given year, but the consistency is huge. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you, you need to go out and, and – just play well in all aspects and, and get consistency out of your pitching staff so you know what you're going to get on a daily basis. And you go out and, and swing the bats on a regular basis and not have those big lulls. Uh, you know, we've at times we've been very good 
in in a single area or, or two areas in a game and in one area lets you down. Um, but I, I feel like we've gotten away from having those major letdowns. And you may have a bad inning, but something that doesn't bury you and you know another area picks you up. So uh, again, I think we've improved dramatically since the, the first uh, ten games. I think we still have room to improve, and, and I like the direction our guys are going and, and the frame of mind that we're in. I mean, you know, offensively, you've got a lot of veterans out there that have sort of been through this before. I mean, you know, Brandon Comey, obviously, but Cam McDonald and uh, Justin Janis and, and, and some others. Uh, do you feel good about where you guys are offensively, or is that another area in which you just have to show, you know, more consistency? You know, there's games that I think we're really good offensively, and then there's sometimes when I don't want to say we lose focus because pitchers, you know, as we all know, a given pitcher can really change uh, the, the outcome and the way you swing the bat. Um, you know, a lot of games I think we've been very, very good at being selective at the plate and laying off uh, certain pitches and not chasing. And, and when an offense can do that, uh, you know, you're pretty successful. Uh, some games. You know, we've—I don't want to say we're not focused, but there's been games when we've chased a lot and done that in some crucial situations. And when you do that, you know, it doesn't lead to very good production. And so I think we've matured in that area, uh, and and we we've continued to to improve uh, with that aspect. And if we can continue on that path, then it gives you a chance to be a very very good offense. Uh, you know, we, as you mentioned, we have a number of guys that are very capable of, of being good offensively. Uh, those guys have, uh, you know, some stripes. They've been out there before. They've been through some situations. And now we just need them to, you know, to act that way. And when I say act that way, it's mm-hmm. perform in that manner uh, where when, when things are, are tight or it's a big situation, that they have big time at bats. Yeah, yeah. And, and for the, um, you know, for you guys – from a pitching perspective, um, you know, where are you at with uh, with those guys and, 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 you know, the production you're able to get on the hill? Well, you know, you start off the weekend with, with Cole Kirschburn. You know, to me, he's uh, one of the top pitchers in the country and, and in our conference. Yeah. You know, had, uh, had one stint with us this summer at the USA team, and, and that was a well-deserved uh, outing that he had and, and performed very well. Uh, you know, he gives you some stability and, and uh, you know, a person that goes out and really competes on, on Friday night, which I think is really important. You know, as you move past Cole, we, we've had a number of different guys that we've put in starting roles, and you know, we're tr- still trying to get consistency there. We've had yeah. some really, really good outings from guys, and it's like, okay, he's going to take that position, and then, you know, they'll go an outing or two and, and not be very productive and not give you that consistency. So, that's been a little bit of a work in progress, but uh, I do think we've really improved uh, probably over the past two weeks uh, with our starting pitching. And, and also then uh, once the starting pitching kind of settles in, it, it makes it much easier on your bullpen. So, uh, you know, I, I've uh, been pleased again with the progress. Uh, you know, I've told our guys that we're mentality away from being a really, really good team. And I think our mentality's gotten better and, and we're starting to believe that we can win on a regular basis. How much does what happened last year with not being able to have the midweek games and maybe not getting some innings in for some of your younger pitchers, how much of an effect does that have still right now maybe on maybe some of that consistency or finding the right roles for guys because you're seeing them uh, to some extent competitively like against, you know, 
different teams for the first time in their career. Is there is there a little bit of a hangover effect you feel like from last year? No, I feel like there's a huge hangover yeah. effect. Yeah, I really do. Um, you know, I, our program's always been one where where we don't run a lot of guys in and out. We've had a lot of continuity with guys coming in, getting their degrees, not running guys off. Yeah, and and with that being said, um, you know, we in in many many cases we stick we stick with the guys that we have and wait for them to develop and mature. And we basically missed a year, uh, year and a half of uh, development. Mm-hmm. And it's so crucial. You, know, you can train all you want. You can throw bullpens all you want. You can scrimmage all you want. But the bottom line is you have to be able to go do all those things that you work on in a game situation. And whether it's right or wrong, guys, you know, look at games differently. Uh, they react differently against a different color uniform. And the only way to get through that is to throw them against a different color uniform. And so that's, in my mind, that's where, where we've had uh, some, you know, some, some struggles uh, early on because we don't have that experience. And we just need to keep throwing guys out there, keep encouraging them, keep working with them, and uh, you know, helping them develop uh, where when they take the mound, you know, they go out to get something done, not going out to kind of see what's going to happen. Yeah. So we're into Big Ten play now. You guys have obviously played a series. Purdue coming in uh, to Champaign this weekend. How do you think uh, the league uh, sort of stands up this season? I mean, it seems like there's some teams that are making some noise on a, a, a national type of level. Of course, Maryland has been very good to start the year. Michigan is is Michigan. You have Purdue having done uh, what it has done uh, to start the season, you know, as it gets into – you know, better competition. We'll see how that sort of holds up for the Boilermakers a little bit. But uh, it does seem like, yet again, there is a little bit of depth to the Big Ten, and it should be a pretty intriguing season. Yeah, you know, I think we've talked about this before, um, but you, you used to have teams in the Big Ten where you really felt like it was a gimme weekend. You know, you yeah. you, you should win three, um, but – you, you expected to win at least two, and if you didn't win the third one, you'd be really upset. And you, you don't have those breaks anymore. Each and every team can beat you every single day. Uh, the depth, the quality of play, uh, the competitiveness is so much better. And, you know, the, there, there are some teams that have gotten off to hot starts, as you've talked about, and done a very good job. I think there's some really good teams that have played some good schedules that have scuffled a little bit. And I think some people just like us are starting to figure out their lineups and their pitching rotation a little bit, and and you're seeing uh, you know a great or a vast uh, improvement over the past couple of weeks. So yeah. it's it's going to be a uh, dogfight again. Uh, there's not going to be any off weekends, and you know you, you've got to be prepared, and and your guys have to go out and play at a high level, or or you'll find yourself in a bad position in a few weeks. I know it's I know it is a few weeks off, but are you excited that the Big Ten tournament is back? I mean, it's such in my opinion a great event. Um, it does help a team, I think, uh, that, that maybe is not, uh, and we've seen this over the years, that maybe has not yet got the resume for the NCAA tournament to either improve its resume or in the Big Ten we've seen some lower seeds go out there and, and, and win games, maybe win the whole thing. Just how, how excited are you uh, to, to see that event come back this year? Well, my favorite time of the year is championship play. You know, yeah. I, I, expectation is we should be in the Big Ten tournament. My expectation every year is we should be a regional team. And it is my favorite time of the year. It's what you work, uh, you know, around the clock for. Uh, it's what the players should be working towards. Uh, you know, it's not 
you know, it's not one of those things where, where I think you should get a participation award for being in the Big Ten. I think yeah. it's one of those deals where, you know, you should have some type of championship play, and, and I think our tournament's very good. It's helped our league tremendously, uh, you know, not only the exposure of playing a TD Ameritrade, but that's helped us from exposure from the Big Ten Network standpoint. And it shows the quality of play we have, and it's helped us get more and more teams in the NCAA tournament. So I'm extremely excited that uh, we have that back. I'm excited again that it's out uh, in Omaha. And, you know, hopefully we can do a great job and get our uh, team out there and, and compete for a championship. Hey, uh, Dan, I appreciate the time. Best of luck uh, the rest of the season, and uh, we'll see you this weekend. I always enjoy my trips over there to Champaign and looking forward to uh, – the three games between the Boilermakers and the Illini this week, and hopefully the weather will hold out just fine for us. Yeah, I hope so on the weather, and I'll look forward to seeing you here in a few days. All right. That's uh, Illinois coach Dan Hartlip joining us on the Big Baseball Podcast. We'll take a break. We'll come back with the weekend rotation. That's next. This is the Big Baseball Podcast, a production of 1017 The Hammer. hit the weekend rotation the topics that we are looking at as we head into the weekend topic number one this is the thing i'm looking at is the freaking weather yeah what is wrong with the weather man uh so this week alone in, in west lafayette like today tuesday uh purdue plays against uic we expect that purdue will actually be able to play this game which would be nice because i think three of the last four games for the boilermakers have been weathered out uh, but today's high in West Lafayette is like 42. Tomorrow, we're supposed to get up to like 73. And then on Thursday again, the high is supposed <laughs> to be like 40. Like, what is going on? That makes no sense. Can we have, at this time of year, the, the average high temperature in the Midwest is something like 55. I don't know, other than those couple of days in early March, I don't think we've had a day. And then a Monday, like last Monday. Yeah. Uh, last Monday it was nice. I know you spent the last week or whatever in Florida. It rained one day. Oh, oh yeah. For like two hours. Oh, that was crazy. <laughs> that was horrible. <laughs> uh, the weather's been terrible. So could we could we do, do something about this weather? Well, that that Illinois Michigan State series really shows you the desperation by these northern teams to get games in. Right? Yeah. That's just something that the southern teams don't have to deal with. Like they changed. They drove hundreds of miles in order to just get one more game in. And credit to those guys, too, uh, Dan Hartlip and Jake Boss Jr. for doing that. I I don't think that everyone in the Big Ten would even do that. I mean, that's going above and beyond to get a game in. in. And credit to those guys uh, for, for looking ahead and working that out the way that they did. Hopefully... The weather will turn here at some point, but again, this weekend in the Midwest, it's going to be everyone trying to get their games in because it just is not yet warming up. Uh, topic number two, let's talk a little bit about uh, Nebraska. The Cornhuskers are 9-13. and 13. This was a team that was picked uh, among uh, the teams to win the Big Ten, if not the team uh, to win uh, the Big Ten. It loses 2-3 or three to Michigan over this last weekend, and, and then you know travels to Ohio State for three this coming weekend. I, I don't know, Drew. Is it is it too early to say this is a must win scenario for Nebraska if it wants to be able to 
sort of reclaim its season here and then also be a competitor. I know it's a I know it's a long season. So from a Big Ten perspective, um, maybe you don't say must win, but just from an overall feel for the Cornhuskers, you've got to feel like they've they've got to go in to Columbus and win the series. I I don't think it's too early. I they have to win. They, so say they say they do not win this series against Ohio State, then they're going to they're 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 home. Sorry, they're home against Rutgers in that next series. Yeah. If they don't win this series against Ohio State, that right. makes that Rutgers series a must-win series, and that's a yeah. good Rutgers team. I mean, say they, they they lose this series this weekend, then they lose the next series against Rutgers, then we're certainly having this conversation. There are there are a couple things for Nebraska that that stick out to me as concerned. One is injuries. They have been injured. Uh, Jake Buns, who was supposed to be a big part of the bullpen this season, is out for the season. Uh, Kyle Perry, uh, another pitcher, uh, is currently out, and it doesn't sound uh, very optimistic uh, for Perry. Colby Gomes, two-way player. He's been playing for space, but they also want him on the pitcher's mound. He hasn't pitched since March 4th. Hopefully they'll get him back soon. So the injuries are piling up a little bit for Nebraska. Hopefully they can get a little healthy as this goes on. The other thing that concerns me is 201 strikeouts in 22 games. That's that's, that's over nine strikeouts per game for a – for a team who's supposed to be really good offensively. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of concerns there. Uh, and those injuries, I mean, man, you, you suffer one. Okay. They start to pile up on you and then you really find yourself in a bind, especially if a few of them are arms that you're counting on. All right. Let's hit topic number three. Uh, as we do what we're watching for this weekend, I will literally be watching uh, Purdue and Illinois as the Boilermakers travel over to Champaign for that three game series. Uh, also, I, I mean, you know, Penn State at Maryland does not on the surface seem like a huge series. The Terps have been really good, but Maryland is coming off losing two of three to a, a good and now ranked again uh, Dallas Baptist team. So Maryland needs to get back on it uh, in the Big Ten. That Northwestern at Indiana series, they might literally score a billion runs <laughs> in that series. Uh, in Bloomington, uh, what else are you watching this weekend, Drew? Uh, I, first of all, I want to get this in first. I call that I'm not on big bat, big arm duties for that series. You can <laughs> handle that one. Yeah. Take you three hours. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Iowa and Michigan, I think, will be a good series. Those are two teams who, you know, we felt like um, are in that top tier of the Big Ten. Yeah. Uh, so Michigan, you know, tough schedule out of the gate with uh, Nebraska and Iowa right back to back. Uh, and then and they play Cal State Fullerton the next week. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then what we just talked about the Nebraska Ohio State series. I think it's a very important series, probably for both those clubs. Really, since Ohio yeah. State only got one game against Purdue and lost. Yeah. Uh, and then Nebraska uh, again. We just talked about it. It just needs to win. All right, that'll do it for the Big Baseball Podcast. Uh, nice to have you back and all that. I guess. <laughs> um, and you're going to cause us to be delayed next week yes. until Wednesday because of your continued gallivanting around the country uh seems ridiculous but i guess we will make that concession for you so next week's podcast we will do on wednesday morning because of drew uh, but we'll survive i guess all right uh thanks again for uh dan hartlib the Illini coach for coming on uh the podcast with us uh, we do appreciate that. Appreciate you listening as well. For Drew Charters, I'm Kyle Charters. Thanks for listening. This is the Big Baseball Podcast, a production of 1017 The Hammer. You're out!